Well, good morning, everyone. It's um, it's just so good to be able to celebrate, isn't it? And I just want to cl- point a clarification: is I don't think Johnny's actually born in this building or anything like that. If you're a, a guest or a visitor like this, we've we've never operated as a maternity unit, but um, spiritual one maybe, but not a not a physical one, which is great. And like Mike said, it's great to be able to um to be able to pray for Les and Edna as they head off. And it is appropriate on our, you know, and uh, celebrating what God has done with us that actually we are equally praying for people that are going as well because that's much as part of who we are as anything else. So um, I just want to add my, my voice. I really love you guys so much and you've been such a blessing to us and I know to me personally. Um, we'll miss you, but we know that you'll be a great blessing wherever you go. So uh, we love you guys as you go. Okay, this morning, um, rather than do just kind of like a, a normal talk, we, we kind of wanted to uh, just bring together a few things and get some contributions from different people just as we uh, kind of celebrate our kind of 30th anniversary as such. And so there's, uh, there's kind of five words that we, um, as a leadership, have felt for, uh, we've been working over a while that are kind of words that we feel kind of, or phrases that kind of capture a little bit of kind of almost the character of LCC. What, is, what characterizes us? Either both what we have been up until this time, but also looking forward into who we want increasingly want to be as a people as well. And so really this morning, we're just going to kind of touch on those words and really draw in different people just to kind of express something about who we are as a church, how we have been, but also looking forward from there. So before I get into those, I just want to get Mike just to come and uh, just share for a few minutes um, his heart. I, I, when I was up at the prayer room uh, yesterday morning, um, I noticed Mike had written some stuff on one of the boards up there, and I really felt, just as I read it, there's a sense of what God had, was speaking through that, really. And I just really felt God said, you need to get him to share that this morning. Uh, there's just a kind of a, a prophetic edge to what he had written up there. And so I just felt it would be really helpful just to kick us off for Mike, just to come and share those things that were on his heart, because I really believe it's going to be important for us uh, this morning and going forward. So, uh, Mike, if you just want to come and share those. We didn't dress in a matching thing, by the way. It's just... Just how it worked out, but even even that there's there's God even speaks through things like that because it's all it's about continuity actually that what God has begun He's going to continue and um, maybe different people but it's the same outfit all right <laughs> that isn't what I wrote on the board what I wrote on the board. I was in the prayer room, and I just felt God give me three words, and it was uh, restore, rebuild, rescue. Restore, rebuild, rescue. And I felt that it was almost like God saying to me, the first, and it's in, it was like seasons, almost like the first 15 years of this church, we were uh, restoring something. And those of you who weren't around back in uh, 30 years ago, when there, there was a massive move of the Holy Spirit in, in the Western world particularly, and in the UK, to do with restoring biblical foundations into church life. I kind of got involved in, in Youth for Christ when I first became a Christian because I passionately wanted to see hundreds of people come to know Jesus. And we used to put all sorts of events on, and we would get hundreds of it. We filled the Marina Theatre with 700 people for three weeks. It wasn't always full every night, but it was like we, there was a mass. We did some incredible things. Vince got saved at that mission. Yeah, Vince got saved at that mission. But what we found was... When people came to know the Lord, we'd bring them into church, and church was naff. It was, it was, it was awful. It was naff. Nothing really resonated with the new life that people had found. They was like, what is this? And God took us on a journey of uh, restoring to the best of our ability. I wouldn't say that you know, we're still learning even now, and it's a diligent attempt to restore something. 
But we, God started to show us things from the Bible, you know, principles and how you do corporate life together, how you have leadership structure, how, what worship's like, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I was brought up in church where I didn't even believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And so when God baptized me sovereignly in the Holy Spirit, I, I had no idea what happened to me. So we, had to, we were finding these things together, and God was just, it was a season of restoring things that had been lost, like Ezra when he opened the Bible and found the, found the book of the law that had been lost. And, oh, goodness, it's in here. And it was kind of, that was the season. The second season, I think, uh, the next sort of almost like 15 years bringing us up to date, I think has been a season of rebuilding, where once you get the, the restoration of the vision and the values, you've got, to put it, you've got to put it into practice. You've got to begin to build something with it. And I believe it's not just about LCC. It's just about relational mission as well, because we are relational mission. What relational mission our apostolic family of churches, the 70 churches that we're connected with, have substantially been influenced and affected out of this place. It's what we are doing together. And it's like God has got us on a, a rebuilding program where we're, we're planting. There's 25 plants we're involved in now, which is great. I think that's, that's good. We're beginning to build something. There's, there's momentum beginning to gather. When we had our recent Enough thing, there was 2,000 people gathered to pray for a half night of prayer. We're beginning to see God do something. But it is only a foundation and the merest, faintest whisper of what I believe lies ahead. And the third word was rescue. And I think the phase we are now coming into, what I really believe for us as a church and for the wider family we're part of is this, seeing thousands of people come to know Christ. There is no point restoring and rebuilding something for us to just sit and look at a museum piece. And so if we had the kind of passion of the evangelism that we had years ago in Youth for Christ where we were totally focused on evangelism, I trust now that church has generally become more equipped to be able to deal with people and help people and integrate people as they come to know the Savior. And we've still got lots to learn. We've still got to be culturally relevant. We've still got to learn how to connect more with the community. But this next phase we're going into, folks, is about rescue. It's about rescue. It's about rescue. Yeah, I believe that. And so the thing that's beating in my heart all the time now is how do I reach that person? How do I share with that person? Can I pray for that person who's sick? Have I got a prophetic word for that person? I'm thinking about the people who are not in here. And I think that's something where God is going to, he's going to stir us so that our, our total captivation is with rescuing those that need the Savior. That's the whole point of this last 30 years. And if we uh, I know we're going to embrace it, but if we didn't embrace it, this whole 30 years in some ways would have ended up being giving birth to nothing. There's, there's something God has been patiently doing for 30 years. We think, goodness, 30 years is a big foundation. God has been around for a lot longer than that. You know, this, this, there's, a, there's, there's seasons and kingdoms come and kingdoms go. We're part of something God's doing through history. We need to step back, get a bigger perspective on the global purposes of God. I believe God's going to connect us more globally with nations we never thought we would be able to interact with. There's much more ahead than we realize. And I'm not saying that out of hype. I'm saying out of genuine conviction. And the cost will be higher as well. It's not easy wins, easy gains. There will be deep sacrifices needed to go on this rescue mission. You just read the story of William Booth and read the story of some of the great people who went on rescue missions. There's a cost, folks. There's a price to pay. But I genuinely believe God is with us and that the best is yet to be.
Fantastic. That's um, that's fantastic. Thank you, Mike. So encouraging. And like I say, we kind of certainly all resonate with that sense of really, like I say, this has all got to be for something, hasn't it? And it's got to be for seeing the world transformed around us. We're going to touch a bit on that as we kind of go through the, our five words this morning. The first one really we just want to touch on is being thankful. It's so important, isn't it, that we are a thankful people. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I mean, this morning, obviously, we're giving thanks to God for being with us as a church so faithfully over the last 30 years that he's provided for us in every way. He's sustained us. He's, he's, he's been with us to see people's lives touched and changed and transformed. But even as we move forward, we always must be a thankful people. It's never uh, good enough just to kind of be take God for granted and, and for his activity amongst us to take it for granted. We must always be characterized by a, a desire to say, to stop, first of all, and say, thank you, God, that you are with us. I mean, that's just the most highest privilege on this planet, isn't it? To know that the God of the universe is with us. Um, and part of being thankful is also recognizing that over the last 30 years there's been so much kind of sacrificial uh, giving of people's lives in order to do the will of God in and through kind of the local church here and one of those things is through just giving thanks for leaders who have um, so sacrificially kind of led us as God's people over that time it's a it's a big cost in leadership and in so many different ways. And I think it's just important for us just to take a moment just to stop and thank God for all the leaders who have led us as a church over this time. So the people, the gentlemen who have been part of the leadership of this church right from the beginning has been John Gardner, Brian Daplin, Cyril Tuttle, Walter Long. They were the guys that initially kind of came through and, and started the church. Then Richard Hayden Knoll, David Pike, Mike Betts, Jamie Lee. And then we've had Mike Ramsey, Rob Clark, Vince, myself, and Mike Bollinger now. And I think it's just important just for even us for us just to take a moment and just to say thank you to God for these, these men who have listened to the call of God um, and, and sometimes with a cost obey, obeyed him to say, okay, I'll step in, I'll, I'll lead as you've called me to. And there's some, some great giants of God in that list, isn't there? People that have just given, I remember Walter, um, before he died, I remember him saying to me, young man, if you want to preach the gospel, you have to live the gospel. And, and the stories that you hear from Walter of his life, of people of his life, was that he was a man who lived the gospel, wasn't he? Uh, and there's such an incredible role model. So many uh, of we could spend a long time thanking God for these people. But I thought it was important for us just to recognize them publicly and to thank them and to thank God for them. So I just want to pray. I just want to thank God. And then, yeah, well, yeah, let's, 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 let's honor them by giving them a round of applause, shall we? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for um, your call upon people's lives to lead your people. Lord, we thank you that we're always just leading under you, Jesus, our great shepherd. We're just simply serving in the family business. But Lord, I want to thank you for these people who have given their lives and given their time to lead in your people. And Lord, we want to pray for them now, those who are still um, with us here on earth. Lord, we want to pray your blessing upon them in their lives. Lord, we want to pray that um, they would still, even in uh, whatever s sort of season of life they're in, Lord, we want to pray your blessing upon them. We want to pray that your presence will be close to them. We want to pray that you would be continuing to use them to advance 
your kingdom. And Lord, we want to pray for the legacy of these people as well to go on and on. Lord, that it wouldn't just be uh, a life and when that life finishes, that's it. Lord, we want to pray that the legacy of these men will go on and on for many, many generations to be a blessing. And we pray that in your name. Amen. Um, Jamie Lee was one of those um, guys I read out there and he's um, sent us a short message uh, that we're going to play now uh, just as a message back to us as a church to, uh, to give us something to listen to. So if we could play that. LCC, it's such fun to look back and think about all the ways that this church has impacted my life. I became a Christian at the age of 18 And LCC was really the first church I ever attended. Back then, LCC was called Lowestoft Covenant Church. And I really had no idea what the word covenant actually meant. But what I do remember is I absolutely love the church from the very, very first Sunday I attended. I'm so grateful for that initial group of people that planted LCC. It's because of them that I got saved into a family that believed that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. That meant for me, being baptised in the Holy Spirit, um, receiving the gift of tongues, um, beginning to walk in the prophetic was really, really easy. So much of the way that I lead today, I owe to you guys. Um, The whole emphasis upon being a family, enjoying being together, being an approachable leader. I learnt from my 18 years at LCC. I look back and I am so grateful for the way that Uh, LCC embraced the move of the Holy Spirit in the 1990s. I was radically touched by God during that time. And my current hunger for the more of God, my hunger for times saturated with the presence of the Holy Spirit, can be traced back to that time and the way leaders embraced what God was doing. I I love the emphasis upon the prophetic at LCC, how strategy and planning is birthed out of God's prophetic promises. As a result, that's how I lead today. I'm particularly grateful for the way that LCC gave me opportunities Opportunities to lead, opportunities to shape, opportunities to pioneer, opportunities to grow in my gifting and calling. I, I love the way that LCC um, has always been a, an environment that calls out the gold. And I love the way it called out the gold in me and, and how this church called out my purpose my calling I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it wasn't for this church I love the fact that LCC has always placed such a huge emphasis upon God's heart for the nations 
I caught a love for the nations from this church. The reason I'm leading a church now that has 22 different nations in it, I owe to LCC. One of my favourite stories looking back is the way that LCC bought the depot. How uh, in 96, I think it was, a relatively small church, a relatively economically uh, poor church, embraced the adventure of raising a substantial amount of money in just two weeks. Amazing. Personally, the church was super generous to me. I remember God calling me to make promotional videos and I didn't have a camera. And one Sunday, the church, in 10 minutes, raised £2,000 and launched me to being able to walk in the dream that God had put on my heart. Amazing generosity. It's a real privilege to have been part of your story and I want to say to you guys on your birthday, the best days are to come. And gr greater fruitfulness, greater breakthroughs, more salvation, more nations being impacted, more community. More and more. I think it's what you were saying there. That's great. So Jamie's now leading, Jamie and Michelle down in London in Plumstead and leading a church down there. Um, and it's great to see what God is using them for down there. We also had a, um, a message from uh, David and Hazel over in Cardiff, Johnny's mum and dad. And um, David just asked me to read this out. He said, dear friends at LCC, it's great to be able to say hello and congratulations on your 30th birthday. We, often, we think of you often and have many fond memories of our 20 years at LCC and count it a privilege to have been able to be involved from day one. It's been quite a journey over the last 30 years, but it's just the beginning. We look forward to seeing all that God has in store for you in the next 30 years. In the meanwhile, we have New Kingdom Adventures ourselves that we are now involved with through the CAP Debt Centre that I am managing at our church in Cardiff, among many other things. It's such a privilege to be able to bring infinite hope from heaven to people who have run out of infinite earthbound hope and to share with lost people the love of Jesus as we seek to get alongside them. That's got to be the priority for all of us in these days when the church needs increasingly to engage every level with the needs of the wider community and bring transformation as a result. Local churches carry the only realistic hope of change for our society and our world. We trust that you know the joy of seeing many people responding to the gospel and finding new life amongst you in the next phase. We hope to be able to visit Lowestoft again sometime soon. In the meanwhile, every blessing and much love, David and Hazel. So it's fantastic just to hear um, from these guys and even just reinforcing what you know we've been hearing about even this morning, just that sense of looking ahead and looking forward to all that God has got for us. So we must always be thankful and thankful for the people that God brings to us. But equally, we must always be a pioneering kind of people as well. That's always been part of who we are as a church, that's that sense of God calling always to, always to be a people that break into new boundaries, never just to be a people that settle for where we are, settle for what we've got, uh, but actually being a people that are prepared to hear God and to break into new places. Over the years, over the 30 years, we've planted churches out into Great Yarmouth um, and also down into Blythe Valley. We've been a people who uh, have been and send, prepared to kind of break into new places and new boundaries, and we honor God for all he's done in those places over, the, over that time. 
But we've always, as Mike said, always been connected to a bigger picture than just Lowestoft. And, and right from the beginning, LCC was connecting in with uh, New Frontiers, as it is now, uh, which is an international family of churches. But at the time, it was really just the south of England. I think, uh, am I right in thinking that Lowestoft and Elsham were the, the kind of the first churches kind of outside of the south coast of England to connect in with Terry Virgo? And so we've always been a church that said, hey, yes, we want to impact our local town, but also we recognize that we're about something bigger as well, that we're about being connected with people not only um, around our region, but also around the nation and internationally as well. And so as New Frontiers has kind of um, kind of developed and grown, and then Terry has handed over to a number of different apostles who are raising their own sphere, we're now part of the sphere that Mike leads, which is called Relational Mission, which Mike mentioned earlier. And Relational Mission has 70 churches as part of it. As Mike said, about 20, 25 church plants as part of that. And that's key to who we are as a local church. It's so important we recognize that, yes, we want to impact our next-door neighbor, but actually God has also called us to impact the nations as well. And there has been over the years many people who have come here from the nations, come for a time, been blessed, been equipped, and then gone. There's people from here that have gone and planted in churches and been involved in ministries and, and things in the nations as well. And we're, we're very grateful to what God has done in that. But he's also spoken to us so regularly about that being an increasing thing as well that actually we're going to be a launching pad, like this little kind of backwater that's looked at as Lowestoft. You know, most people don't even know where it exists, you know, or you have to get a map out to find it. But God has spoken to us many times about us being a launching pad for many people to go into the nations. And so we have to believe what God has said rather than anything else. And so you have seen today you've been given um, a little leaflet called We Are Relational Mission. It's just a thing that Mike and his team have put together just to explain in a bit more detail what it means to be part of something bigger. Uh, but not just reading it, we want to hear it as well. So we're going to show um, a short DVD that uh, Mike and the team have put together just to explain to you a little bit more about what it means for us to be part of Relational Mission. So if we could show that, would be great. Almost four years ago, Terry Virgo handed over the group of churches connected to him into the hands of spiritual sons. A team of apostles called to lead New Frontiers into the next chapter that lays ahead. Like any family, we share common history and DNA, and yet each group of churches that's emerging has its own unique personality, calling, and destiny in the purposes of God. Relational Mission is the name of our family of churches, and that reflects the fact that we want excellent relationships together, and we also want to be involved in a vibrant mission into God's purposes. Being relational and missional is a way of life. I feel so humbled to be involved in giving leadership and serving this family of churches and I believe that God has been speaking to us in recent times about the kind of family he wants us to be, the kind of adventures he's got us on together as we see what relational mission looks like in the future. As a family we are to be convinced of the truth of the gospel. We're to be fruitful in our lives and committed to relationships doing life together. Certain of the mission God's called us to do with every one of us being a witness and courageously obedient doing everything that God asks us to do. Together we're called to be a church for the broken world that impacts its local community, seeing lives and situations restored through the gospel. Together we're called to pioneer and plant churches 
We currently have 25 church plants and we're trusting God for many more in the future, whether they be in Europe, in Canada, in Asia, in the Middle East or wherever else God may take us as we journey together. Together we're called to train leaders for the future, whether that be done at local level or through our programs of training together, ID, pioneer or lead. And together we're called to support one another, whether in prayer, together or for one another, whether supply lines of relationship where we draw alongside one another and help one another in the mission we're on together. This family, just like any other family, is made up of people. You and me, we are in this together. We are relational mission. We're sharing in God's mission, whether locally, internationally, across different time zones. We're called to this together. Hi, I'm Steve from Herne Bay, and one thing I love about relational mission is that across Kent, let alone further afield, we've family members who are skilled and experienced in different ways to help us Hi, ich bin Jürgen von der Rego Gemeinde in Süddeutschland und für mich ist Relational Mission zuallererst Familie von Gemeinden. Hi, my name is Jonty. I am from Holland and live in Peterborough. I love Relational Mission because they're always on the look for new friends to learn from and to inspire. Together, bringing the hope of the gospel and to people and breaking into real lives. As churches, equipping each other, spurring one another on and helping each other in what God has in store, and that's exciting. We together support projects in less developed nations. For example, enabling people to start businesses in Kenya is just one example of the practical outworking of being a church in a broken world. I love how Relational Mission seeks to serve its family of churches through its events. I'm a part of the big family and um, connected through great events like enough. One thing I love about relational mission is the way the UK churches connect with the tiny church in niche. Just makes you feel like you're so much more in it all together. A bringing new ground in pioneering situations, much more fun and purposeful with the friends from relational mission. I'm in Riga, Latvia, and uh, I love pioneering with relational mission knowing that we're part of a family. Because we know that by working together, sharing knowledge, skills and expertise, we can achieve so much more together than we can on our own. Romans 12 verse 5 says that we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Together. 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 We are relational mission. That's um, just a fantastic way of summing up kind of what it means to be part of something bigger. Um, it's not just about church planting and people going, although there will be people in this room that will go. But equally, we as a church would not be where we are if we had been isolated and, and left to our own devices 30 years ago. You know, we have been so blessed by people, ministries, people coming in, people working alongside us. And so we're very, very grateful to be part of something bigger. You'll also see on your seats there was little cards called Grassroots Giving. This is just another way that we can support into relational mission. As a church, we do give 10% of our income into relational mission to support all the activity and work that goes on in other places together. 
But equally, there's opportunity for individuals to be able to give into this, if, above and beyond kind of your regular giving into church. That actually, what there's this, this initiative is around individuals saying, look, actually, I'd like to um, as well give into this. And, and what we're looking to do is to see a thousand people give five pounds a month into relational mission. And as it's been pointed out, that's kind of really probably the cost of a cup of coffee in a newspaper uh, a month. Um, but that's for the same cost, we can give in to something bigger and see not only our town and our nation change, but equally support other places where maybe they don't have resources, but we can help them in that way. So there's the little card there. There's the kind of website and stuff and what to do in that. If you want to take that away and have a think, yeah, maybe I'd like to, to give above and beyond what I usually give just as a way of being generous, then actually would really encourage you to look and get alongside and get involved in giving in that way. Okay. So pioneering is part of who we are as a church. But equally, um, it's about everybody counting. As a church, we've always been keen to make sure that it's not just around uh, a few people doing all the activity. But LCC has always been based on a team feel, a sense where actually everybody here, no matter what your background, no matter what your race, no matter what your gender, no matter what your uh, intellectual ability, no matter what your practical skills, that everybody has got a part to play in seeing our church become everything that God has got us to be. I remember Keith Hazel once, um, a guy that came in with a prophetic ministry, saying in one of the, the words he brought us that there we wouldn't be a church where there'd be superstars, but actually we'd be a church where it's ordinary people together, working together, that make a massive difference. And so being a church where everybody counts is really, really important to us, where actually we look to try and help people work out where their best place is, to find how they can best play their part in God's kingdom, and then to see the dreams released in order for people to go and fulfill everything that God has got for them. And if you think about it over the years, how many hundreds and hundreds of people have volunteered throughout many, many church activities and events and groups over the last 30 years. It would be staggering to think about how many people have volunteered in house groups and cell groups and life groups, in midweek feast that has now become Footprints and Club and YP and Edge and uh, you know, Sunday morning activities and Friendship Club, All-Stars, oh, there's so many activities that have taken place over the last 30 years and actually wouldn't have been possible at all if everybody hadn't played their part. If it was left just to a few people to do everything, then actually everything would pretty much grind to a halt. And so that's been where we've been. But equally looking forward, we always have to be a people that say, my contribution is important, no matter how big or small I perceive it to be. That actually there's no place for anyone to sit and say, well, actually, I'm just going to go along for the ride. I'm just going to kind of watch and just I'm just going to enjoy the benefits. But actually... Um, I don't really feel I've got anything to contribute. That's not going to be how we're going to move into the next phase of what God has got for us. It requires everyone to say, look, I've got a part to play. And if you think you don't know how to play it, then you need to help get alongside someone who can help you get the best out of you. We must be a people uh, where everyone counts. And I've just asked um, our oldest surviving founding member just to come and speak a little bit about that. Because no matter what your age or your, your place, we've spoken about the person who was born first in LCC. Well, Joan is our oldest surviving founding member. Um, and she just goes to show that actually you can never count yourself out of being used by God. If anyone says, well, actually, I, I need a bit of a rest now, then we need to get you to spend a bit of time with Joan to realize that actually you're never finished in God. So jo, let's welcome Joan. She's going to come and just share her heart.
anyway, when Ben asked me to share, uh, you know, about the past and how we started and things, and I said yes, and then I began to think, and I think, I can't remember far, that far back. I can only think about things now. But one thing that stand out to me is about the most important thing was that in ni- 30 years ago, God was moving by his spirit, and he raised up men and laid it on their hearts to move with him. And these men, by faith and trust in God, obeyed what he told them to do. Hence it became the planting of Lowestoft Community Church. They were men of faith, men of passion, men who just wanted to follow God. And they set an example, and so there was a good number of us followed them because we all had the same desire uh, to go on into God's purpose. We knew there was so much more to come, and we wanted to be involved what God was going to do. And so that's how we started. And I think for the uh, men who actually led that time, that took great courage you know, to step out from a situation and to plant a church. And we were really blessed that uh, God provided uh, Benjamin Britton High School for us to go. And it was strange going into a school as well. And uh, they're just the strange things of different new beginnings. But the wonderful thing was that when we got there, I remember us meeting in like a schoolroom to start off having a service. But the thing is that that gave a sense of freedom and peace and joy and excitement because we knew that we were beginning like we think there's something new. Well, we were starting something new. And that was a wonderful, wonderful time. It really was, as you think about 30 years and how much God has done in 30 years. But it all comes from the fact of really stepping out in faith and believe in God for what he tells you to do. And out of that has come so much growth. You know, we did, uh, we were like a, a family there, just as the same as we're a family now. But we were a family there. We had lots of laughs and jokes and things together. People came, people went. They brought some very interesting people with us. But as I say, it's lovely to think Mike now, where he is now. I think of pictures of Jimmy when he was a young boy. You meet some of these uh, people now who are I said middle age, but they're young people anyway, uh, you know, as they're growing up and that they've been there, that they developed from being there at LCC at that time. And uh, we had uh, one of the one men who stood out above everything else was Walter Long. You've heard about him today. You've seen pictures of him, but he was an extraordinary man, absolutely sold out to God. He did everything. He lived by faith. He trusted God for everything, financed the lot. God provided him with his house and he couldn't find a key. Everything but that man had such wisdom and discernment from God. He knew God's heart and what the Holy Spirit was saying. So he was such an encouragement to all the elders. He was like a pillar of the church 
and enough of his age to move out into something completely new for him was a wonderful thing. But it was such a blessing. Well, he's rejoicing in glory now. And quite a few of the people who started are also in glory now. But the thing is that we, we had special times of worship. I remember when we started having wellspring meetings. And that was lovely because there's such a moving of the Holy Spirit. They were exciting times to go to. We used to get other people come from other churches and people get touched. Remember, Lamb would say, I'm not, I'll, I'll never get laid on the floor. And what happened? Phew, down they go. Just because, you know, they, they just couldn't resist what God was doing. But that, that started off, you know, don't despise the days of small beginnings. Uh, mind you, that's quite a good start. 40 yard to start a church because some start with a lot a smaller number than that but that was a, a wonderful thing we we had a lovely another guy called Paul Carp who came and joined us an American guy and he was a big guy with a heart for evangelism so he used to get us all stirred up about evangelism and going out and we had some really great funs with fun with him but people brought God brought people in um, the fellowship with various gifts and so those gifts were all you know brought together that made made a, a beautiful start but I think God never stops and the vision that he gave to start off with and I've still got the old mandate thing uh, that that was the aim about reaching out to nations this nation this town and around the area and that was the mandate from God and that's the same today and the wonderful thing now you can look Honestly, 30 years, and you know, I think it's quite emotional because I look and I see what God has done in this place. We've moved from one school to another, but then, and, and I think Keith Hazel, he was such a blessing to us. He came spot on with words to encourage. I think with Terry Virgo and Mike getting involved with, with the, uh, them uh, made such a lot of difference because we were added to a bigger body. And I think that's what it's all about. Jesus says, this church, we're all one great big body. And I think that's exciting. You know, just to think about that. I can remember Grantley Watkins coming to preach one time. He was preaching from Ezekiel. Uh, Nota encourages us in the early days. Another man called Daniel. I can't remember his surname. But he was preaching from Isaiah, but enlarging our borders. We had so many people come and encourage uh, you know, God's vision to keep on moving on. And you think, well, we have, because here we are again today. <laughs> you know, we've gone from, from that, but 30 years later, and I think, look at this place. Look what God has done. His promises have stood sure over all that time. He's grown the church in the place of prayer, in, in the place of the prophetic and all the giftings. He's raising up. Uh, it's true, absolutely true. There's so much more to come. And God do like us to ask for great big things. Because that's his heart, to enlarge our vision and our borders and just to be sold out to him. And whether you're young or whether you're old, you can never um, outdo God. And whatever he asks you to do, he gives you the strength and the joy to do it. But 
I just think it's amazing. Just standing here this morning, seeing all of you people and where we are now. But there's so much more to come. There really is. With the prophetic, I think of Mike with relational mission. Could there be anything more wonderful when you think about planting churches who've got the same heart and the same mind as us to serve the Lord, to be obedient to him, to say yes, whatever he asks us to do. Because when you think about it, all that we are and have comes of God. And you know, when David was building the temple, you know, the people gave willingly, and he said to God, of thine own have we given thee. And that is absolutely truth. We only give back to God what already belongs to him, and that's used for his honor and for his glory. So, so much more is to come. And we can rejoice it. I'm glad to be part of it until the Lord take me home. I'm going to keep on rejoicing. And I think, oh, you know, but there really is. Uh, you know, God is a wonderful God. He never fails. The promises that he's given, he said that this place is going to be like a beehive. Well, it is. When you think of oh, the activity that goes on from this place, we change from commune, from, um, um, community, whatever, low self-community now, but from what we were. But community is the right word because when you think of how many places in the community that we all already reach out to from this church and touch so many people's lives and fruit come from all of that. And so whatever you're doing, whether it's making teas or anything, whatever you're doing, if you're doing it for the Lord, you know, you get really blessed. But be sure of this, that God has got great to work for every single one of us. None of us are here by chance. So whatever, you know, God will bless those who really step out and say, Lord, all I have is yours and you're doing me whatever you want to do. So greater blessings to come. Thank you so much, Jane. You're an inspiration to us, really. And just to um, just to touch on the other two things that really have characterized us but need to continue characterizing us as God's people, the fourth one is devoted, that we need to be a people that are devoted to God. I mean, that's really why... Um, a church was started was a sense of devotion to believing what God said in the Bible and a sense of actually we need to really be obedient to everything God has said. Um, and going forward, we just need to recognize all the time, don't we, that our ultimate motivation is always to see God's kingdom advance and his name glorified. That's what it's about. It's not about LCC. It's not about us being famous or about us being impressive or about us doing things that we're very proud of. It's first and foremost for his name, for his glory, and actually to see his kingdom advance. That's what we're here for, isn't it? It's not anything to do with us, but it's always to do with him. And the final one is really just to be a courageous people. Um, as, as Joan said herself there, that actually this church was birthed out of a courageous bunch of people who said, actually, what I believe in the Bible I'm not seeing. Therefore, we need to step out of our comfort zone in order to start seeing that established. It's much easier to stay with what you know, isn't it? It's so much easier to stay with what you're comfortable with and what you're familiar with. But it takes courage to step out into new things, into new places. And our church has always been like that. Like As we said, we've seen churches planted. We've seen people as individuals moving to other places and people stepping out and starting new projects and, and various things even here in our town. But actually, if we're going to stay alive and we're going to see the purposes of God achieved in us and through us over the next season of life, then we need to maintain that kind of desire to be courageous. We need to retain that characteristic because as soon as we lose that, we start to die. 
as soon as we start to say, well, actually, we'll stick with what we've got, we'll stay in our comfort zones, both individually and together, then actually that kind of starts to spell the end of actually life being amongst us. But actually, we have to have be a people that say, well, actually, I'm going to take the courageous step, which is obeying God. I'm going to take the courageous step to believe him when he says this, but actually all around me says that. We've actually got to have the courage, even in the seasons ahead, to stand true to what we believe to be true. That actually sometimes courage is required simply to be able to stand true to your convictions. When even when the culture and the world around us is changing, it's going to take more and more courage for us to stand for what we believe in. It's going to become more and more obvious that we believe something different to the rest of the world. But actually great courage is going to be required if we're going to stand firm in that. And great courage is going to be required if we're really going to believe what Mike was saying at the beginning about uh, a sense of rescuing people and about what people have said about advance and and seeing his kingdom come. We have to recognize that God has got far bigger dreams for our lives and for the, the town around us and the nation than we can ever imagine. I mean, the Bible tells us, doesn't it, that it was for, for love that God, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. The reason that we see people's lives transformed is because God loved them so much to do something about it. And so when we come to saying, Lord, we want you to do this, we want you to do that, at the end of the day, he wants it more than us. He's just looking for a bunch of people that will be courageous enough to partner with him in his dreams and to go for it. We're not trying to twist his arm into something that he doesn't really want to do. We don't have a reluctant God who says, well, look, if I have to, then I'll move it. If I have to, I'll try and transform a few lives, but I don't really want to. I've got better things to do with my eternity. Because he's the opposite. He was the one that initiated all of this. Yet actually, he's looking for people who'd be courageous enough, bold enough to say, yes, we'll join you in that, God. We'll join you in your mission, your rescue mission for the world around us. And so actually looking into the future, we've got to be a people that maintain that courage of those guys that first stepped out as a church. Those guys who, who said, actually, look, we, our courage of our conviction says that we've got to start something new. We've got to maintain that same characteristic that says when there's a move of God, as there was a number of years ago, that we will have the courage to, to, go, to jump in and get on board with this and to be, even be open to criticism and to be open to challenge. But actually, we believe this is of God. Therefore, we need to have the courage to go for it. We need to be, have the same courage that when it came to buying a building and we saw a great kind of video of what it was like in here uh, right at the beginning when you had to bring your own chair and actually most people brought a hot water bottle because there's no heating um, and various things like that courage to say look we can't really afford this but if you've said it God we'll go for it we'll give what we can we'll give what we can sacrificially and we know that you'll meet us as we do that if we're going to really see everything God wants for us as in the future then courage is really really important that actually, if, we, if not, we can just settle for what we've got. But if we don't want to do that, do we? We don't want to be a people that just settle for where we are. Because actually, you never settle for where you are. When you adopt that mindset, you start to retreat. You start to retreat, and life goes. So courage has got to be a characteristic for us moving forward. It's something we take hold of, keep hold of, and we see even more birth in us as God's people.